Welcome to another casts. Click play or stay away. A show where total fucking knobs discuss programming offered on streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and others. Why anyone would ever give a single squirt of piss about what these particular wankers think about anything at all is beyond one's comprehension. Let's just get this over with for fuck's sake. All right, as the uppity Brit said, welcome to Click Play or Stay Away. Uh, Each week, we're going to check out new original offerings from one of the streaming services available to you, unless you're cheap, and tell you whether you should click play or you should stay away. And this week, all three come from Netflix, and joining me is Mike. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Joe? So we're going to cover three things this week. The Silence, uh, which is a kind of a horror film, Black Summer which is a new series for Netflix, and The Perfect Date, which is kind of like your traditional high school rom-com-y kind of thing. So we'll start off uh, with The Silence. It stars Stanley Tucci, Miranda Otto, John Corbett, and Kiernan Shipka in a film directed by John R. Leonetti, whose most notable directing credit prior to this was Annabelle and uh, some cinematography on The Conjuring films. Uh, When the world is under attack from creatures who hunt their human prey by sound, a teenager who lost her hearing at 13 and her family seek safety in a remote refuge. However, they discover a cult who are eager to exploit her heightened senses. And no, this isn't a quiet place to shush harder. What would you think of the silence, Mike? Um, I thought that it was an opportunity to tell a great story. That was wasted. I think I agree with that. I think that the first hour and 10 minutes of it were great. Um, I thought that when they, the father and the daughter, and we're allowed to do spoilers here, right? Like people should know that like if they hmm. haven't seen it yet, we're going to tell them the whole movie, correct? Uh, n- now, you know what? We probably shouldn't because what if they haven't seen it and we're telling them to go watch it? So I think yeah, we can't okay. spoil. I guess I I will say that the final twenty minutes of the movie felt like they ran out of cash, and I agree. they had to just wrap it up. Yeah, that's kind of um, that's kind of where I am with it. You know, it started off so well, like I, I it had a had a really cool vibe in the beginning, um, and it it had a lot of promise. Like you're saying, it just it felt like. Um, this could have been, and you know, it's kind of weird because there was the Netflix film Bird Box, and I thought that was a total piece of shit of a movie, and it ended up doing incredibly well for Netflix, maybe because of Sandra Bullock. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but isn't she kind of box office gold? She kind of is, and so I think maybe that's what did it, because that was another film like this one that just felt like it didn't know what to do with itself at a certain point, and... Um, I, I when I went into it and I and I knew the synopsis and I saw the deaf daughter and these creatures that if you made noise and I went, wow, like, how do you just blatantly do this right after a quiet place? You know, but um, yeah, it, it, it yeah. was working for me, though. And I always enjoy John Corbett and Stanley Tucci's great all the time. Yeah, um, Stanley Tucci. And that was and I will I will admit 
that most of the reason I was like, oh, all right, I'll watch this is because I like Stanley Tucci. I've liked everything he's been in. I think he's a great actor. He does a fantastic job in this movie. None of the reasons why I think the final 20 minutes fell flat had anything to do with his or any of the other actors' portrayals of their characters. The story just felt like they had to wrap it up, like they ran out of money and they, they couldn't take what could have been a great storyline with the guy that I'm not going to tell anybody about that they meet towards the end of the movie. And it just, they did for whatever reason decided that they were going to cut that storyline short and wrap up the movie. Yeah. And maybe they were under constraints with Netflix. Maybe it had to be a certain length of runtime. Um, I don't know, but yeah, there, there's a, I mean, we can kind of discuss what he is. There's, there's a, as it says in the synopsis, there's like a cult there. They're a religious kind of cult. The leader of this cult is a pretty creepy dude. Um, and once he comes into the picture, it, it it's almost like it becomes a separate film. Didn't you kind of feel that way? It felt like the storyline completely changed where the, the nemesis in the movie up to that point were these creatures that had escaped from a cavern that they were shut into for, I guess, millions of years, which of course my initial question was like, what the fuck did these things eat? <laughs> and when they were down, if they're trapped underground with like no way out, what did they eat? And, right. and what did that cave smell like? It had to be awful. A couple hundred thousand ten thousand however many years of these things shitting all over the place well and they make reference to their smell in the film they said they smell like shit like that that the kid actually says that i believe yeah um yeah. so there i mean what the so the cave must have smelled like crap uh, so there was there were some story some holes in the way that the story was told but you know that temporary suspension of reality that you get when you go into a movie these are questions that you don't really need to ask in no. order to enjoy the movie you you, just, you don't really need to know but yeah and you do but you do kind of need to i have to wonder what the hell they were eating because they were the most predatory sons of bitches i think i've ever seen in a film they like, seemed ravenous yeah like there was no they were insatiable there was not they were never full they could always eat again you know so you gotta <laughs> wonder <laughs> like how long do these things live and if they let's say they live as long as a turtle, mm -hmm. you know, like a sea turtle. So they live a hundred years. Right. That means that none of the creatures that were in there were alive when they got shut in. However many tens of thousands of years ago they got. Shut. So how do they even know to bite stuff? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what they do. But so I mean, that's a that's a that's a weird part of the story. Um, you know, at least. When, you know, you, you said the quiet thing, shush too, or right. the quiet place, shush too. Um, my whole thing was I kept waiting for Riddick to pop up, you know, <laughs> it's a mid movie. Um, but at least in pitch black, um, these things made sense because they just lived in the night. Yeah. So it, it did, it, you know, that is the perfect, uh, description. It's almost as if like, uh, pitch black had sex with a quiet place and this right. was their offspring. Right, you know, but the, instead of Vin Diesel, they had Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that was the in 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 my likes and dislikes. I liked that it started off. I had I liked its great tension. The creature design I thought was really great for a Netflix original. Um, yeah, the 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 effects of these creatures that attack the planet um, was very well done. I mean, it looked it looked great. There, yeah. I wanted to like this movie. Yeah. 
So did I. In fact, when I first, you you had watched it before me, and I saw you made a post about it. You said something about it, and so I was like, "Well, I'm going to check it out anyway." Um, and I would for right until the third act, I was wondering what the hell your problem was. I was like, right. "Man, this is all right," you know. <laughs> and right. It, yeah, you want to like it. Yeah, and then it, yeah, in my dislikes, I have. That it completely falls apart in the third act and it almost feels like they ran out of money and said, well, that's good enough. They needed like 20 to 25 more minutes, maybe another half hour to tell more of the story. Yeah. Um, Because it never really like you, you, you could kind of fill in the blank on your own about, you know, why do they do what they do to themselves? Um, But it, it, it just it fell flat. So. If we're to the point where we've got to give, you know, click play or stay away, um, unfortunately, and I'm sorry, Stanley Tucci, because I do like you. Unfortunately, I got to give this one a stay away. I, too, am giving it a stay away because and and I, I, I even debated, would I recommend this for like a rainy Saturday afternoon? And I have to say no, just because I don't want you to be as pissed off as I was with the ending. You're going to be completely let down, completely dissatisfied. Um, so there's other ways to spend two hours than if, if this actually, was two hours. I don't actually, know. you said you, I would say the best thing that this movie really has going for it once the end kind of falls out from under you mm-hmm. is it's only an hour and a half. Is that what it was? An hour and a half. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. It's so, only an hour and a half. So, I mean, if you do decide to watch it, you're like, Joe and Mike don't know what the hell they're talking about, and I'm going to watch this movie. And then you end up at the same place we were where you're like, what the fuck? That's it? Yeah. Well, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah. So, you, it's not the worst case scenario, but there's better things you could do on the streaming service. Right. Like, if, if this movie was done this way with this kind of ending, and Peter Jackson had made it a three hour and 10 minute movie, that ended the same way that this did. Oh yeah. I would be like, dude, that guy can't make another goddamn movie yeah. ever. Yeah, or at least I'm not going to watch one. If he does, you would definitely be Twitter hating him. You'd be on Twitter telling him yeah. he's a piece of shit. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so that I'll one, make another King Kong movie, you dumbass. That one gets a universal stay away from both of us. Um, yes. Unfortunately. And I am going to say, unfortunately, because I wanted to like it, but I, it's just, it's not a good movie. Had some promise. It did. Uh, next up, we have the new series on Netflix, Black Summer. Um, now, th- there's a th- what I like that it did here um, because I don't, I, you know, it, I want to read you off a list of people play in the in the uh, series, but there's really no names you're going to know. Um, and the most notable is Jamie King. And strangely, I was I was saying right before we started recording this, I didn't even realize it was her until I went to look up you know, research the show and who, who was who. Um, the show was created by John uh, Hyams and Carl Schaefer. And now here's the other thing I didn't know. This is a prequel to their universe of Z Nation. Um, it's serving as a prequel to the series. We follow a mother played by King as she searches for her daughter in the early days of a zombie outbreak and discover the people she meets along the way. Um so I had no idea that the, I never watched Z Nation. Uh, you know, I, I until now, the, the most attention I wanted to give to the zombie thing was The Walking Dead. And I felt that they were doing the old vampire gag that we did there for a little while where everything was a vampire story. When you know. when you say Z Nation, is that a reference to the books uh, that resulted in World War Z? No, no, no. There was a TV show. 
at least I don't think maybe that's connective tissue to World War Z too. Uh, I, I I don't believe so. But I think World War Z was like a trilogy, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was um from everything I understand about World War Z, the the movie had nothing to do at all with the book. That's what I was told that there was there was a lot of disconnect. Yeah. Um so you know, I I didn't realize this was supposed to be a prequel. Um but that's what we're dealing with here. The thing that I thought was really cool about this series is that unlike The Walking Dead, where we spend so much time dealing with personal relationships and, and drama, there was none of that here. It was, holy fuck, we're dealing with these crazy... And, and these weren't the, like your typical zombies. These were the 28-day-later zombies where they're right. running at you as fast as possible and just... And, and it is you, the, the entire movie... The characters, with the exception of a very small handful of scenes, are in survival mode. That's it. Yeah, that's what I love. Like you know, you know, I'm alive, and these things are trying to kill me, and I gotta fucking run. Right. And if you're gonna help me as we try to run, cool. <laughs> you know. But you're other not than that, help me. You're you're out. Right. There was none of this. Somebody has feelings for somebody. Shit. There no, was no, no tension no. like that way. It was just straight no. up like we got to get to this fucking place, you know. And 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 the character played by Jamie King. And I'm not giving away anything here because this happens in like the first couple minutes of the movie. But when she loses her husband, mm -hmm. she never really has an opportunity to live the sense of loss. Because she's just, she's literally for the, and I'm like, I gotta stop saying, saying literally. She is on the run for the right. rest of the movie or for the rest of the series. Right. And, and she doesn't, she, yeah, she's not afforded the, the opportunity. She loses her husband and her daughter and now doesn't right. have the time to even process that. And you, and th they did that really subtly too. You start to pick up on the fact that this is taking a toll on her psychologically, right. not just. Right. The fact that There's things that scene at the diner where they come yeah. upon the diner. Yep. Um, and the look on her face is just like, I'm so psychologically overwhelmed at everything that's going on. Right. Um, and then they had to keep running. Yeah. She, yeah. And she, you don't even get a time, a moment to pause and, and try to recover from what you're mentally right. dealing with. Right. And that's what was beautiful about this show. Like, I, sure. you know, because it, it holds that sense of anxiety throughout. All of the episodes. Yeah. There's like when the dude's trapped on top of the bus. Yep. And again, I'm not giving anything away. No, but, but that was... trapped that... on top of the bus, it was just like, motherfucker. That episode itself, that whole episode was just brilliant because it's just you and him mm -hmm. and the zombie trying to kill him. Like, this is what we spend time with in that episode. And him, him in these situations that you could find yourself in in this situation... Right. And you're just sitting there going, yeah, what the fuck would you do right now? What would you, where would you go? What would you do? You know? Um, and, and the, you know, how much of this show, there's no dialogue. There's so much. But, but I don't know if you. all felt like very real situations that given another, you know, zombie scenario, all of these situations felt very, very real. None of it felt contrived other than, you know. The, the the idea of zombies but yeah you know in in a in an apocalyptic event like this um all of the situations 
that the the characters felt in felt very real. Like, sure, that could absolutely happen. Yeah. And the thing I liked is this, you know, have you ever seen the 28 Days Later? Yes, I saw that. Yeah, see, I, oh, I'm a big fan of the of the freaking out running zombie. You know, I, oh, yeah. lo- I love that because oh, yeah. that's so much more tension, man. And but, you know, th- this reminded me more. I even hate to use the word zombie because this felt like rabies. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like it was more like there was this infection and it, ha- it, it, it was so quickly on set. Like the the you know, the second you were bit, you had what, a minute and then all of a sudden you're fucking nuts. And I loved that. Because you knew it wasn't like the Walking Dead you where in twenty eight days. Well, in this too. Like Well There were I, there were moments where as soon as someone was bit, um but, they well, turned. Okay. I don't want to get too deep into it, but I, I, I didn't think you're saying when he got when when a character got bit. Well, explain the guy in the ventilation shaft. He didn't get bit. That was the dude. The he didn't get bit. No, you he didn't have shot. to get. You didn't have to get bit. Yeah, you could die. All but, you had, yeah, all you had to do was die. Right. You yeah. If you died, it, it was like The Walking Dead. If you died, you became it. But if you got bit, you had like minutes. There oh, was right, right. you know what I'm saying. Right. So well, it, that was also a little bit like World War Z, where yeah, you know the 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 metamorphosis of going from a sentient human to this like rage machine, right? Took like no time at all. And that's how that's how this was. I mean, if you th- yes, that's how this was. And that's what I I, I love that because I mean, imagine being in that scenario and you you know this one person you're with gets bit and you're like oh, fuck, get the fuck away from them as fast as possible. You know what I mean? Like, And shutting them down seemed a lot harder in this movie than any of the other scenarios that I'd seen. Like, you know, the only thing you could really do was multiple shots to the head or cut their head off. Right. And well, and, and added to the stress and the anxiety of like, fuck. Yeah. How do I get away with this? How do I get away from these things? Well, because when you've got a slow walking zombie coming up on like on the walking dead, you can jab right. them in the head with a pokey stick uh, with right. ease. But when they're right. coming at you full force, like, wow, you know, <laughs> you know, in the walking dead, you've got, you know, there's 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 planning that you can employ. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, run a hundred yards and then stand and take stock of the area that you're in. Um, you know, if you were in the middle of a road, you know, you're going to see every single one of them coming. And how many times did, were there scenes at the very beginning where, you know, they're in the neighborhood and, you know, the two people are standing there like kind of looking at a map or trying to figure out what direction they're going to go. And boom, one of them's taken down like yeah. out of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. No. So I really enjoyed this. Did you do the whole series? I did the whole series. Yeah, I did yeah, the whole so thing did all we. the way to the very end. I came I home. Thought uh, was, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I came, I came home from work on Saturday. We started checking it out, and we literally just sat there, like, just addicted and went episode to episode to episode. took me two days. I watched the first half of it Saturday. I watched the second half of it on Sunday. Yeah. So, in the, uh, it, it, uh, on the likes, I, I have no unnecessary drama. Uh, very realistic vibe, not much dialogue, great tension building, and dislikes. I gotta say the ending, but now that I realize that it was a prequel, uh, I have to kind of take that away because I now I realize that, you know, I always thought it was like, oh, they left it off that way for 
a potential season too, which it I'm sure it is that too. But now that we know that this was built in a universe that already pre-existed and this was a prequel, I, you can't even really be mad at the ending now. Right. I guess if I'd have known that at the time, I could just go, oh, okay, well then all of that happens after this, you know? Um, I don't know if it's the same characters. I think it's kind of like almost like a Fear of the Walking Dead vibe where it's the same outbreak but in different locations. But I, I again, I don't know. I never watched Z Nation. Um, yeah, neither did I. I'd never even heard of it until you just referenced it. So in a click play and stay away, I give this one a definite click play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would say that I agree with all of your likes. Um, what I will add to that is um, the Quentin Tarantino style of catching every character's view of the same event. So you, there is a point in this where you have multiple characters going through the exact same timeline over and over again. So you get multiple perspectives on what's going down and yeah. the stress and the anxiety and the, the, the loss and the horror um, that each individual character has to endure through this, this event. Uh, and yeah. I thought that was, you know, a brilliant part of the storytelling. Um, uh, I don't really have, I don't really have a dislike uh, based on the ending of the movie because I think it's a perfect example before you told me about uh, Planet Z I thought it was a perfect example of how certain stories don't need to be told all the way right I thought that the way that it ended is good because you can as someone who just invested you know almost five hours in watching all of this you can kind of maybe paint in the lines a little bit uh, and and you can kind of come up with your own idea of what all of that meant. Um, but I would absolutely give this a, a, a click play. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm someone who is wired not to necessarily like a lot of the zombie movies out there. I'll admit that I was bored with The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. I did, I, it's not a TV show that I liked. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result of that, almost every single... I'm more of a, you know, uh, Sean. Yeah, Sean Living Dead. <laughs> Um, yeah. that oh. was a great movie. Um, I thought, uh, zombie land was a, was a fucking great movie. You know, yeah. I'm more of the, I'm the guy that laughs when people die in a movie at inappropriate moments. Uh -huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely loved black summer and, uh, I, as I've already said, I definitely give it a click play. All right. And our final, <laughs> we're already laughing. The perfect date. Now, somehow, we both ended up watching that. I ended up watching this. Uh, it might have been that same day. I, I can't remember. We we decided on, because I've been, you know, very busy and beating myself up. So we decided, and, and as you know, uh, we take, we keep an insane schedule for people our age. You know, <laughs> we're always out doing yeah, shit. Do. So we decided that we weren't going to do anything. Me and Allison were like, Saturday, we we're just doing nothing. So I think late Saturday night we watched The Perfect Date. Um, this was directed by Chris Nelson, whose other notable uh, directorial offerings are General Hospital, uh, My Dead Ex. And How do you not have a sound effect for this? I, d I, I don't. I mean. Because <laughs> this would be the perfect time. So goes the days of our lives. <laughs> um, My Dead Ex and Date and Switch. I'm seeing a theme with this individual here about dates and 
exes and stuff like that. Um, it stars Noah Centineo, I believe is how you pronounce it, whose sure. uh, whose other uh, films are were also Netflix originals. Sarah Burgess is a loser, and To All the Boys I've Loved Before. I never watched All the Boys I Loved Before. Um, I did watch Sierra Burgess, and it's very much in the vein of this film. Um, same kind of high schooly vibe. Uh, and then Laura Morano, whose uh, other notable performance was in Lady Bird, a film that I personally found magnificently overrated. Um, I don't know if you ever saw it, but... I saw Lady Bird. Is that the one with the girl, the 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 Irish chick? Yeah, and who was uh, in the private school? Yes, uh, and, you know, I I I would say that my issue with Lady Bird is very similar to, I mean, maybe not issue. The reason that I don't feel that I was the proper audience for Lady Bird mm-hmm. is the same reason I don't feel like I was the proper audience for The Perfect Date. I am not a twelve-year-old girl. I'm yes. not a tween. Yeah, And uh, these movies are very obviously targeted at, uh, you know, that point in a girl's life where she goes from being in love with her father to being in love with ponies, <laughs> you know, and that 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 in between stage. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not that I'm a guy. I'm a 50 year old man. Right. And that's um, kind of where I am with this kind of stuff. I mean, this was uh, in short, this film was uh, to save up for college. Brooks Radigan played by Centineo, creates an app where anyone can pay him to play the perfect stand-in boyfriend for any occasion. During this time, he meets Laura Monaro's character, or Morano's character, um, and you could probably figure out the rest from there uh, without us telling you. you. You know, at first, he's just filling this role for she needs to go to a dance, and he's filling this role... And she doesn't want to be bothered. Her parents did. You can figure it out, right? So None of this story is a surprise. No. Unless you're 12. If you're 12. And you've never heard this story told before. Right. This has been done a million different times in a million different ways. Uh, this time with a lot less charm. You know, it's been done in, in by John Hughes in certain moments with... Uh, some kind of wonderful. It's been done well. Most notably, I guess you could make the the most complete comparison to "Can't Buy Me Love," the Patrick Dempsey film. Exactly, uh, it, that it, was exactly what I was thinking when yep. I watched this. Was that this was, you know? So does that mean in like thirty years that this uh, Noah Centineo is going to cheat on his wife and get kicked off of a television? <laughs> he may. Who knows? <laughs> And and see, this didn't have the charm of Can't Buy Me Life, Love because you didn't have the uh, African anteater mating ritual dance. No, you, know? you didn't. So you didn't have stuff like that. But in this. instead of working in a pizza place, they work in a sub place. And it's pretty close. It's close. Yeah. It's pretty close. And he does show up dressed in all kinds of crazy ways. Oh, but then the other thing is where Can't Buy Me Love kind of doesn't match up with this is wasn't in Can't Buy Me Love, it was all older women. No, that was Loverboy, but it's, it was still Patrick Dempsey. Oh, you know what? That's exactly the same, too. I I don't (laughs) feel bad for getting that wrong. No, same same thing. It's a Patrick Dempsey movie. Yeah. Well, and and unlike Loverboy, this film didn't feature the the majestic acting of Mr. Vic Tabak. Um, No, that's what was missing. When you're missing Vic Tabak, I mean, that's a big blow. So, um, but, you know, as far as this film goes... 
uh, in the likes and dislikes, I don't have likes. I don't have dislikes because it's just like we're saying, it's not for us. Um, it doesn't serve any purposes for us. And it, you know, it doesn't have the charm. It's, it's just there and it's fine. It's fine for what it is. You know, I had explained this movie as let's assume that Joe had a 12 year old daughter. I did once. He had to go somewhere. And in an emergency, I was the only person that could come and babysit him. And I, as a 50-year-old guy, have really nothing to say to a 12-year-old girl. And I was like, hey, just go watch TV, and this gets turned on. So there's an hour and a half of me not having to engage with a 12-year-old girl, which works for me, and it probably works for her. She probably wants to talk to me about as much as I want to talk to her. Right, and then won't. when Joe gets home... And he says, hey, man, thanks. I appreciate you watching my daughter. What did you do? And I say, oh, well, she watched this Netflix movie called The Perfect Date. And Joe would be like, okay, that's cool. So like, and the example I used before was it would be better to have her watch that than say The Green Door. You, you don't want to show a 12-year-old girl The Green Door. That's how you do it. <laughs> no, you don't. No, on you a don't. registry. But in, in that scenario, which I probably will not find myself in, but if I was in that scenario and I had to give a 12-year-old girl an hour and a half of something to do so I didn't have to be involved with her, I would say click play. Yeah, click play in that regard. I don't believe it contains any profanity. If it does, it's no. very light profanity. But No. I mean, I was the, the girl that he was pursuing. I was like, are we going to get to see her tits? Oh, you're an awful son of a Like, do I get to see her tits? That's, that's terrible of you. Um, yeah, but that's what I was asking. I mean, we should be, we should give it on. You know what? If we had gotten to see your tits, I would have gone to click play immediately. That's, that's just without wrong. telling the story of you know, don't show a twelve year old girl the green door. There's there's websites for the things you're looking for, sir. That's all I'm saying. Sure, sure. Um, so we can uh, both agree it's click play for that demographic. If you're an adult, there's no reason for you to watch this. Um, but if you're a parent with kids yes, and you're looking to just let them watch something that isn't going to corrupt them, um, you could feel pretty confident in being able to set just about anybody the age of 12 to 15 years old uh, in front of a television to watch this, and they're not going to learn anything bad. They're not necessarily going to learn any great life lessons, I don't think. I mean, I guess tell the truth, don't lie. But, you know, as a parent, you should be teaching them that, not a movie. Yeah, they shouldn't learn that from Brooks Radigan and his act. Yeah, I mean, Brooks Radigan is not a moral barometer. Um, but there's no. nothing about this movie that would get uh, even probably the most uptight parent upset. Oh, uh, actually, that's not true. Right. Actually, that's not true. Mike Pence would find <laughs> this movie offensive. Oh, he would because, because of, there's a gay be, character in it. Because Murph yeah. ends up being the gay friend of Brooks Radigan, who has the hots for tuna milk guy. Yeah, at the sub shop. Right. And he doesn't know his name. He just knows him by tuna milk. Yeah. Um, you never see them kiss. I don't even think you ever see them so much as touch hands. No, it, it, I, it there was nothing, like as far as that goes, yeah, there was nothing that you were going to get upset by, I don't think. Unless you were Mike Pence. Unless you're Mike Pence, you know, if you are Mike Pence, then yeah, there's that part of the scene is a definite <laughs> you know, revolting situation. Yeah, you've got that. So, but other than that, you're good. You can let your kids sit down, 
and and have a good time with this film. Um, but you will not have a good time with this film. Murph is very gender fluid. He is as gender fluid as it gets. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our first inaugural episode of Click Player Stay Away. In the future, we intend to uh, invite other people to join. And uh, yeah, yeah, and we get you know get some more people in here, get some more opinions. Yep. So that's what we'll be doing. We're going to try to do this uh, every week. Uh, they, they all offer something new on Friday. So, yeah, we'll try to take the bullet for you so you don't have to do it um, to yourself, as it were. All right, well, we'll catch you on the next one then. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, guys.